Hi, and welcome to Hysterics, a podcast about what it means to be ill in a body outside the norm. In this podcast, I will be interviewing friends, family, and activists about their experiences living with chronic illness and disability. I'm your host, Kate Averitt, and this week I'll be talking to fashion historian and body image advocate Virginia Knight about depression, suicide, and how the hardest times can bring out the best and the worst in you. My reason for living, my everything, Miss awesome. um, uh, Virginia Catherine Knight Esquire Imlet. Is that your formal title? I mean, you probably only need one or the other. <laughs> I didn't even know we could be Esquires. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, we're Esquires. Fun fact, if you wasted money on a master's degree like we did, you can refer to yourself Esquire. as Esquire. Sounds like we're old British lords. Like That doesn't sound like an academic <laughs> thing, but... Yeah, I think I'm Imlet. I mean, Esquire is better. Maybe I should change it. What else? But that's me. <laughs> yeah. So other than being a master's of letters, uh, Virginia is also a fashion historian and a personal stylist and a body image queen. I realized recently I've been wanting to say I'm like a Jill of all trades refashion, but that, the rest of the saying is a jack of all trade, a master of none. So you don't want to say that because that no. means I'm not that great at any of them. But the point being, I do a lot of shit with clothing. So like Kate said, my background's in fashion history. And right now I work part-time selling vintage clothing. And then I also have just very recently started offering styling services. Yeah. Like really recently, like a week ago. <laughs> it's a soft launch, as they say. <laughs> offering styling services for, and not exclusively, but for folks who struggle with either disordered eating, body image issues, etc. And also with some special services for folks who are interested in getting into vintage clothing. I was thinking today, I was like, I could probably brand myself as like personal styling for eccentrics. Because everyone's all about minimalism right now and I'm the opposite. I'm like, if you want to wear a wizard cape, wear (laughs) a wizard cape. Do you want to be Miss Havisham? Call Virginia. I don't know. I mean, we live in a time where minimalism's quite cool. Mm -hmm. I'm interested. I like maximalism. Yeah. I like being a little over the top. Speaking Maybe of, we're all getting tired of minimalism. Maybe we want to start swinging the other way. Maybe you call me. Maybe you get a cake. Yeah, we are currently set the stage. Okay, we set are the scene. recording this in Virginia's apartment on the floor. On the floor. <laughs> um, so, in because this is a health and wellness podcast, um, we are having whiskey and beers and sitting on the yeah. floor. And yeah. um, whiskey is medicinal. Yes. So we're in my house. We are in my house, full of weird old shit mm-hmm. stuff. Sorry. Mm-hmm. One day, I... Oh, my God. No, this is a podcast. I'm not apologizing to you. I'll put this out to the world. My sweet, supportive parents told me they want to listen to this, <laughs> and they hate that I curse. So I'm apologizing to them. I'm so sorry, Mom. But I'm with friends, and I'm in my home, <laughs> and I curse a lot as a person. So. Yeah, so if you've made it this far in, um, let's see how many minutes are we in now. Um, Some of this, we could edit this. We're 165 seconds in. I don't know what that means. And if anyone's still there, I need to you <laughs> know. Anyone's still there. We have to think positive. They're all there, and they want more. It's true. It's true. But, um, so you probably found this under the health and wellness. Uh, Is that going to be what it's? That's the oh, okay. on okay. iTunes. Um, I love that since I'm 
a lot about rejecting like our exactly. current notions of health. Exactly. Like this we're is... a fuck this shit up health and wellness podcast. I say we are like I'm also you in are. this podcast. You are actively. I'm on the guest, but I'm not like the co-creator of the podcast. <laughs> but it's true. Like it's like I like to find inspiration in saying fuck it and making fun of things and finding dark humor and stuff. And so that's what this is gonna be. This is not gonna be like five steps towards peace. Like it's not that's not what we're doing. But along those lines, we are diving in headlong into the darkness that surrounds us. <laughs> we're gonna I think be, it's more of the darkness inside of us. That is true. It is the darkness the terror inside of dome, us. aka our brains. <laughs> Thunder dome. This little axe murderer song we sing when shit gets intense. <laughs> so yeah, when I asked Virginia what she wanted to talk about, because you know, I was like, we could talk about old clothes and we talk about a lot of things and yeah. bodies forever. Yeah, we could. We do. You can check out www.vcnight.com for all your uh, <laughs> thoughts on old clothing needs if you ever need it. It's true. There <laughs> Shameless will be plug. A link in the description. I talk a lot about that everywhere else. <laughs> So I asked her what she wanted to talk about if we weren't going to talk about that. And she said she wanted to talk about mental illness. Specifically, I did say that. depression and suicide. I did say all those so things. So here we are, are on the floor. such fun topics. <laughs> talking about <laughs> depression and suicide. So this is your trigger warning. And um, Yeah, can we slap a big ol' Okay, let's trigger warning, content warning. We're going to talk about suicide. Suicide, self-harm. Yeah. Body issues. Yeah. PTSD, probably. Maybe. Um, we'll see what happens. Let's tag for it anyways. Yeah, we're tagged. I won't. If I talk about body stuff, I'm not going to do any... There won't be any dieting talk. There won't be any size talk or anything like that. But no. there probably will be body talk of some kind. So just a heads up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's not more specific. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess we have to... You don't have to. If you'd like to, we can dive into your personal relationship with your brain. Yeah. <laughs> So I know, like, you are, do you phrase it as you're recovering from eating disorder? I do. I think I would, I guess I've technically been in therapy long enough that it's, I'm quote unquote in recovery from one. It was a little, you know, I went to therapy for that kind of after the fact. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, some people who kind of get treatment or get interventions like in the thick of the disordered eating itself you know I was kind of latent and this is very relevant because I'm with Kate who is the person who told me to go to therapy seriously yeah you remember okay listeners set the (laughs) stage it was our junior year of college and I have a lot of like intimacy issues that's a whole nother podcast but so I was seeing a new guy and I was really nervous about you know just all of that because I have all these screwed up feelings in my body so Kate and I were sitting in the common room of our suite and we were sitting on a couch that had been purchased from Walmart. It was like one of those convertible futon couches, but we'd mm. broken half of it. So half was on the floor. Yes. You know, like it was angled, it yes. sunk down. And I said something about how I was really nervous. And Kate said, well, you know, in a very wise Kate way, she said, listen, everyone has things they don't like about themselves. and Everyone has insecurities, but most people's... Who is this person? <laughs> very, it was very... It was very wise. But you said, you're like, most people's are not at this level that is essentially all-consuming. And you said, I think you'd really benefit from talking to someone. And I said, oh. 
And it seems well, so I'm silly in hindsight. I'm stuck with no, you. yeah. I have no. And then I literally like a week later, I rolled up to the counseling center at UNCA and was like, "Hey, aw." Because I think up in and maybe you know this is as good a way to dive in as any other way, but I genuinely up until that point, you know, and that point was kind of at that time I was only working through body stuff. Nothing else had come up yet. I thought everybody felt the same way mm-hmm. and we just didn't talk about it. Yeah. I literally had no idea that the way I was thinking was indicative of a literal mental illness. So you, you know, I just that. thought everyone hated their body yeah. as much as I did. You and never... I couldn't understand how people did all these things, really simple things, like eating, getting dressed, having sex. I was like, what? <laughs> like, you all were some heroes that you're pulling this off. You're pulling? How do you power through this? That was literally the first time I considered, like... That's so interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, because... And that was what we were, what, 20, 21? Yeah. 21 years of... Yeah, it was the spring of junior year, Mm -hmm. so I was 21. 21 years. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I didn't have, like, an eating disorder when I was two, but I went on my first quote-unquote diet, which then kind of spiraled into everything in high school. So it's like, I mean, I remember being a kid and crying at the beach Mm because, like, my body... Which is sad because I was in like a kid body. Yeah. And it wasn't even done growing. I'm literally looking at a photo of you in your little ballerina costume. I was. I quit dance because I couldn't deal with my body, which yeah. is sad. Another podcast. We should be writing down. There's so many other I know. podcasts. I know. This is how we trick Virginia into doing podcasts with me. But so point being, you know, I think, and we'll probably come back to this with other subjects, but, you know, I really had no idea that anything was out of the ordinary. I thought mm-hmm. everyone looked like that. I thought it was totally normal. Well, that kind of makes sense. Like, so we'll kind of go like more into this later or maybe we'll just get into mm-hmm. it now. I want to kind of dive into that idea of not realizing that other people don't live with all that yeah. like, constant emotional baggage yeah. and like weight, yeah. I guess is a better word for it. Because like one thing that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. was like functioning and like levels of functioning yeah so like so virginia has been dealing with body dysmorphia ed like since high school and like you're saying like since earlier in your life you've always had these feelings always had these feelings yeah and like i remember being like i have i have anxiety and depression and i also have ptsd from like something that happened to me when i was a teenager Mm -hmm. but i remember being like four yeah and being depressed you know so it's like (laughs) you're just like when you have that with you and that's your normal, yeah. I think that also depends on your, you know, it depends on who you are. But I think both of us were those people where we just like, we got really good at hiding it and really good at functioning alongside of it. So do you feel like because you assumed that everyone lived that way, uh-huh. that that impacted your expectations as far as dealing with it or functioning with like, all of this weight that you carried around all the time? Like, emotional weight? I mean, I think initially I think of how I thought about this. You know, and it's funny because we were like, oh, we're going to not talk as much about the body stuff. There's other things to come, friends. But (laughs) at least with the body stuff, I mean, I didn't think about it at all in terms of other people. I purely thought of it as a failure on my end of, Mm. like, the only reason this is persisting is because you can't get your shit together and lose weight. Mm. If you did that, all of this would be fixed. It's just your fault. And that's why everyone else is happy because they're dealing with it and you're not dealing with it. Like they, you know, it was very much like yeah. a personal moral failing and yeah, or just too, you know, the kind of thing I remember like a therapist asking me once, they're like, oh, do you, 
like look at other people and like what do you think when you look at other people's bodies i'm like everyone else looks great like yeah. everyone else looks so good i'm the only one that needs some to fix something but mm-hmm. i think i you know for me like all the depression and anxiety came so much later quote unquote mm-hmm. we're not that old but came so much later in my life that yeah it's like a whole different way of you know, at that point, I feel like I'd already dipped my toe into, like, what it's like to have, like, mental illnesses. So I was a little more prepared. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I do like the idea that, like, when we talked about what you want to talk about. Yeah. Making this distinction between your mental illnesses. Because I think we often, like, mental illness is such, like, a broad scope. And a lot of yeah. people who have mental illnesses do have multiple mental illnesses. Yeah, that's a thing, right? That, like... yeah. I think so. Everyone I know has, like, a few, and maybe we're all just really fucked up, but... Yeah, but, yeah, I think everybody's got this, like, <laughs> constellation of shit. Yeah. And, like, I think it's interesting to think about your relationship with those things being separate, because yeah. we do have these different relationships with these different things that we struggle with. Like, yeah. my relationship with my chronic illness is very different from my relationship with my mental health. For sure, and yeah. And my mental health, I have many aspects that I think about differently. For sure. So maybe we do kind of go back, like, and kind of talk about you realizing, you know, you had you started going to therapy like around yeah. college, right? Yeah. And then I remember, like, we went on. I think it was like our is it our first or our second trip, our international travels. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Virginia and I have done a lot of traveling together and been afraid and alone in hostels together. Um, but I remember one of those trips you kind of sat me down and told me that you had body dysmorphia. Like, we were, like, at a coffee shop at the airport or something. Ha-ha! <laughs> I don't remember this at all. <laughs> See, we both have these memories that we don't remember. <laughs> but, like, I remember you saying that to me, and you had this very... It was, like... Was I, I'm sure I know me. I was probably, like, really fucking serious. I was like, yeah. You were very serious, but it was great because it was, like, you had a name <laughs> for something. Yeah. And that was very important to you that you could name that you have body dysmorphia. And yeah. And you could kind of own that. Yeah. So, like, at that point, you weren't feeling, like, depression was its own aspect yet. You were kind of in that world of, like, body dysmorphia and ED specifically. Yeah, I think at that time, that was what was on my radar. And I remember going, I saw a lot of different mental health professionals while in college, because our senior year, you know, I'd kind of used up all my quote unquote free sessions with the school. So I started seeing someone and she would have me do these little like, you know, every time I came in, I'd fill out these little like mood assessments. Oh, yeah. And I remember us talking about depressive episodes mm-hmm. where I'd be really low, but it never went, you know, there was so much, the body stuff was so all encompassing that we never really got into like what that meant. You know, yeah. it was just like, oh, you're feeling really sad. Yeah, like, but that very much that didn't register as anything other than like you're a little blue and like that'll yeah, which shake is a theme out that keeps going. <laughs> but yeah, because it's also like when you go in for something really specific. Like I know this has been the case with me before, where like mm-hmm. I have had depression and intense anxiety yeah. my entire life. Like I yeah. remember being like a kid and like hallucinating because I was so anxious. Like, yeah. But we never did anything about it until actually after I was, like, assaulted at 13. Yeah. And I developed PTSD. Yeah. And then I went to a therapist. And, of course, our main focus was on that. And then the yeah. kind of was, like, then everything else then gets lumped into, like, well, of course you're depressed and anxious. This thing happened to you. And, like, that it's, you're so, like, in the 
mode of telling your own narrative to a therapist that you kind of get stuck in that mode. And it's hard to know mm. how, whether you can distinguish things or not until you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, of course, that's always been there. Yeah, now it seems really obvious. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, this was, there was a period there I felt like every time I went in to see someone, I got like a new diagnosis. So I was like, more things yeah. are wrong. Like, help. Oh, yeah. Like, I will never forget, I got diagnosed <laughs> with OCD once because I couldn't stop obsessing over my assault. And yeah. I was like, does that check out? Like, <laughs> just bizarre. Yeah. So that makes me really want to talk about, so after college, yeah. you went to school in Scotland. I where did you got, do that. Yes. You got your master's degree. I did get it there. <laughs> and that seems to be when shit hit the fan. Shit hit the <laughs> fan. Which in a way sucks because... I tend to be a no regrets kind of person. And it's like, hey, it shook out the way it shook out. But it's really interesting in hindsight now, you know, as someone who was medicated and who has a lot more resources just at her disposal, if I could go back and do that year now. Oh, yeah. Because it was, I mean, it was an amazing year. And it kind of sucks that it God, was the that was year, year that yeah, that was my brain just completely blew up, you yeah. know. And I'm sure part of that was the change in circumstance. I was in graduate school. Grad school's hard. I moved to another country where I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. That's hard. You know, it wasn't like there weren't hard things happening, but, you know. Yeah. I was I, tripping balls. I could tell something was <laughs> up. Like, so like, Virginia and I probably have not gone more than, like, a week without talking to each other. We probably, like, that was probably when we, just because we had such weird schedules. Like, mm-hmm. not that we didn't talk a lot, but... That was probably the period of our friendship where we talked the quote unquote least. Yeah. Just because it was so, you know, like the time difference and like Kate was mm-hmm. also in grad school at the same time, yeah. you know, so it was just like, but no remember, one was that free. Yeah. But I remember when I would talk to you, you'd be kind of cagey and like, I could tell that like there was something going on. Sneaky. Yeah. Where you'd be like, I'd be like, how are you doing? Like, well, you know. The I'm old, like, the old so-and-so. Like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> Like, why are you acting like we've never met before? This is hilarious. And that's like when I was like, oh, she's fucked right now. Like Her brain is literally melting out of her eyeballs. Yeah. And then, like, I can't remember if it was when I came up to see you or when it was that, like, you kind of let me know what was going on. But It was so hard. I don't know why that was so hard for me to tell. I was really scared to tell people what was going on. Which is funny because I make such a big deal about, like, I'm so open to being vulnerable. But I was chicken as hell, It's man. also very easy to be vulnerable, like, talking about stuff that you've already kind of walked through fire with. I guess that's true. I'm, you know, we're not, like, out of the woods with it, but I'm not, you know, you're different stages with it. But, yeah, you're like yeah I was really scared. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's a theme, I, at least I've felt this way about everything I've ever been through, kind of that weird line of, like, self-diagnoses and then all of your own experiences where I think I'm always really scared to say anything is what it is until I have like a professional's yes. assessment. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional. You know, I don't have an eating disorder unless someone tells me I have an eating disorder. Oh, yeah. You know, I, mean, I you don't know have that life. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think at the time I was like, Oh, you can't say that this is how you feel. You can't say mm-hmm. you're depressed. Like, do you feel like you could have even, were you t- saying to yourself that you were suicidal at that point? Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew that. I'm like, yeah. I don't think this is normal. Like, haha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that I can ignore. Yeah. And then the whole, because I guess I left for Scotland. Yeah. I don't remember where in there it started, but, like, yeah. it wasn't. 
And I'd always been like, I think looking back, I can see a lot of kind of like low key signs of anxiety that have been around things I learned later were symptoms of anxiety that I didn't realize were like, Mm -hmm. Oh, haha, that explains that. But yeah, I think it was an interesting, my anxiety literally went through the roof and there was a lot, you know, it was an interesting combo of like my whole life changed. I know. And I was in the UK, but that was leading up to the 2016 elections. Mm -hmm. The political sphere was fucked. Like it's always been fucked, but so that was really weird as an American, not living in America to get all the news of like, you know, the dick bag, orange man, you know, and like that was freaking me out. And then I happened to be in the UK during a lot of different terrorist attacks. Yeah. So like I was, you know, I was at the point of anxiety where I was like scared to leave the house, yeah. which is funny because we live in America where everyone has a gun. Like it's much scarier. But at least like, you know, like <laughs> I think when you don't have any familiarity and yeah. the world is literally crumbling around you. It was just like every, there was a period there where like every few weeks there'd be like another incident and yeah. everyone in the UK was like, wow. Or I remember, I remember really vividly, I was supposed to go down and I did do this, but I was supposed to go down to London for a month long internship and I was going to be living in London. And I was reading about all these terrorist attacks that had been planned, you know, and that the Metropolitan you know, police had kind of intercepted them and they were like, oh yeah, you know, we're prepped to handle like up to six incidents at one time in London. And I was like, fuck, like I'm going to be in London yeah. and some shit's going to go down and I'm going to die. And I was just so, I was like, I cannot leave my room yeah. because nothing is safe. Yeah. You know, just that level of like, I mean, just complete terror about the world I was living in. And the only solution was like, it was literally like a ride where you want to get off. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to get off this fucking ride. Like yeah. there will never be an end to this. The world will never not be terrifying. Mm-hmm. I will never not be scared like this. You know, just a kind of fear that was so, you know, I've never experienced anything like that before. I've just like, you know, I could not even remember that there had been a time when I felt differently. Yeah. You know, I was just like, this is it. This is living. This is life on the planet. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate this and I cannot do it. Yeah. Like, you know, so yeah. your brain is a thing that problem solves, you know, so yeah. does your brain decide, you know cool, I can get off this ride. Mm -hmm. And is that kind of a similar feeling? I know you've talked about not wanting to be in your body because of your eating disorder. Are those two very different feelings of wanting to get off the ride? I mean, I think the eating disorder stuff and the suicide stuff is interesting because I think the suicide, you know, there's kind of the anxiety and then the suicide was like an option of, you know, how to get out of the depression and the anxiety. But then it's kind of like a great... And I'm using great in quotes. Like, none of this is good. But it was, like, a great... I was like, oh, yes, that will solve the body shit. Because oh, I'll yeah, be yeah. dead. Like, hell yeah! Like, I'm yeah. out of this body, you know? <laughs> Never not efficient. Whereas there are some times where, like, I'll have days where I'm just like, the body stuff's really tough, but I... And I wish I could float around like a ghost, but I don't mm-hmm. actively want to kill myself in the yeah. same way. Yeah. So sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. Yeah. But, yeah, man. And it's funny, looking back, like, I can't even... You know, now that it's been a few years and, like, I am on antidepressants and whatnot... Yeah, man. I mean, I was, whew. It's like it happened to a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know. I think anyone in the world, no matter how eloquent you could be, I don't know if I could ever really describe it. Yeah. And just completely took me by surprise. Yeah. You know, I had no idea to know that was coming, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And then still, like, fulfilling all of the duties of being a graduate student and trying yeah. to take advantage of this experience and, like, 
trying to enjoy myself. Like I was living abroad in Scotland, you know, like, hello, this amazing city. Like I was studying what I loved for the first time in my life, Mm -hmm. you know, like so much good stuff was happening. As afraid as you were, you did go to London. You did. I did do that. I did do that. And I did not die in a terrorist. No. And you did it. Like, I think like that's incredible. You literally looked death in the eye and decided to do it anyway. (laughs) Like, that was the whole year of just being like, well, and it was a whole like, and in hindsight, I've realized how kind of not great the situation was at the time. I think I just didn't really feel like I could stand up for myself. So I started seeing a therapist in Scotland because our, you know, same way most schools are, the university I was at had free counseling services and they had drop-in services, but it was a really big school. So it was really hard to get an appointment. So it mm-hmm. wasn't good if you actually had like, I need to see someone every week. She could see someone every few months. So I found a therapist in Scotland. And I think there was, it's very interesting, kind of the difference, like (laughs) it's where some of the stereotypes hold up and stuff of just like the way mental health is thought of in the UK is a bit different than here. (laughs) And as American who is very feely and loves to talk about feelings, like, I am very much like the worst nightmare for like a lot of people in the UK who just don't deal with stuff in the same way. And there's obviously exceptions. Like I have friends who, you know, live there and are mentally ill. You know, this is very general speak, but I remember telling my therapist, like trying to work up the courage. Like I was hoping that if I handed around it, she would figure out what I was trying to say. Cause I was too chicken to be like, I keep trying to kill myself. Like Mm -hmm. do something, please. Like, I don't know what to do. And I remember her saying something about like, oh, you're just going through a bit of like a blue phase. Yeah. And I was like, a blue phase? Like, what the fuck? Like, and I wish that like, not lost my shit on her in a mean way. It would just been like, I don't think you understand how serious this is. Like, yeah. I am scared that I will not. I mean, I was literally going like 10 minute by 10 minute intervals. I'm like, mm-hmm. you have to keep yourself alive for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. And then you can like reassess. Like I was terrified I would not make it the next 24 hours at any yeah. given point. And I was yeah. like. Woman, I'm going to go home and, like, off myself. Like, yeah. And I just remember being like, a fucking blue period. And see, that's, you like, know, that's like, so interesting when you're like. No, like, I'm very depressed. <laughs> I'm very suicidal. Please help. But, yeah, when you're like, I need someone to tell me that I have an eating disorder. I need some authority yeah. to tell me these things. I love that external validation, man. Yeah. But then, like, even <laughs> when you don't get it, you're just like. Oh, this is not but like there is there's like internal struggle where you're like I wish I was the kind of person that could just go off on them and be like you don't know what you're talking about I know my own life like I know all of this stuff and then when it comes down to it you're like okay I guess I'll just get another opinion or like work with what I've got and it's such a yeah it makes you feel so stuck yeah I was like for now because I knew I was like the second I get home to the US I can get on meds and not that I mean I could have gotten medication in the UK but it was just gonna be I had some very sweet friends who had been in similar situations who kind of guided me through what the process would look like with the NHS it's really tough yeah to get mental health medication and so I just knew I was like at that point I was it was kind of like the spring and summer you know I was coming up on my last few months there and I knew it would take the same amount of time. I was like, yeah. I'll be home. Literally, I flew home. The day after I got home, I went to my therapist's office and broke down on the couch and was yeah. like, you have to get me in to see a psychiatrist because I will not live another mm-hmm. week. Yeah. You know, I don't get on meds. And she immediately like was like, shit, yeah. You know, like, and I was in a psychiatrist's office in a week with a Prozac prescription, you know, yeah. and I knew. I was like, that's, 
that's how that will shake out. You know, mm-hmm. you will get medication, like it'll all be okay. But whew, yeah, I would have loved to got it like a year previously. Yeah. <laughs> Just cause you can go a while without meds. Like if you can get them, go get them. Like there's no, yeah. I mean, like, I love meds. Prozac about, is like, great kids. In America. It's like, yeah, we do like throw out meds like they're candy, but in that case, hell yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us are mentally ill though. Like a lot of yeah, us. It's true. We live in a hellscape. So please medicate me. I don't want to live through this. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, I knew I was like, I can get, I can get meds, you know, and I hadn't been at that point, you know, like there's no meds for eating disorders. Like I hadn't been on any kind of mental health medication. You know, I was mm-hmm. all these other ways of dealing with stuff or like cognitive behavioral therapy and yeah. stuff. And so, but I was like, yeah, I know antidepressants are a thing. Like sign me up. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to talk about like yeah. you post meds and like post uh, going through this experience. Cause like it does sad. feel like too, like you've always been you, but yeah. there is this like, there's like new, like, fire in her belly doesn't take shit Virginia oh. that like is that me I like like you always <laughs> been that like, so Virginia I'm kind a, of chicken you had an alter ego in college Ferg which is when you would get really hammered and you would just be like a bitch but like in the best way where you'd be like no everyone's getting in the car we're going home you're gonna stop puking that bush and we're gonna get back to the house and that was Ferg <laughs> once in a blue moon when I well, okay, we drank a lot more in college. Than <laughs> yeah, I said once a blue moon, and immediately said you lying trash bag. Like <laughs> you've drunk a lot, but you were always like really responsible. But like I, feel I'm the mom like friend. That like <laughs> you kind of like found your voice in a lot of ways. I think mm. by getting yourself through that fucking hell of a year. Yeah, and it's like it. I wish you hadn't gone through that, but I'm like I, really yeah. curious. Like, it's an interesting. And I think, and I want to be really clear, like, on two fronts. I mean, one, obviously anything I've said previously and anything I will say, you know, this is one woman's experience with all of this. It's, you know, I'm absolutely not speaking for anyone else. And I think it is really interesting in my experience. Like, there's not a lot of, and there may be more that I just haven't come across, you know. But, like. I think in a way I've tried to kind of look for like people's super explicit descriptions of quote unquote suicidal intention or any of Mm -hmm. that, because I sometimes feel like, okay, I can say I was suicidal, but people don't seem to go much more into it than that. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting. I never know. I'm like, am I allowed to speak? Is this like an agreement that we have that like, we don't talk about the logistics and I get Mm -hmm. that there's an element of like, yeah, you don't want to encourage people. You don't want to give anyone an idea, yeah. you know, be like, Hey, here was how I was going to do it. Like use my plan. Yeah. Don't do that kids. But Ooh, let's see. There was a point to this and I forgot what it was, but I think just kind of, you know, yeah, this is absolutely not anyone. This is just me, but I feel the exact same way where um, part of me is like, I wish I had not done this. Like I, or not, not, I wish I hadn't done this. I didn't do anything. I wish I hadn't lived through that, yeah. but at the same time, I'm very strangely grateful mm-hmm. to that period of my life. And I don't really know what that means. But I think it's a weird, like, and it was really funny. I was thinking about it in the context of relationships, like, more so romantic ones, I guess. Because in my head, I was like, I'm going to go to Glasgow and, like, fall in love with Scottish Oh, yeah. The whole, like, ah! like, <laughs> the whole plan was like, I'm going to come back and you're going to be, like, I was living on a sheep farm with some like seven foot tall red haired man. And I was if like, you are listening and you are <laughs> above six, five 
If you live in Scotland, you can call me anytime. Whatever. If you live anywhere. If you live anywhere and you're both six five, you can call. Um, Her handle is at Virginia Cassidy. Virginia Cassidy Knight. You can slide into the DMs. It's fine. Did you just hear that person slide into your DMs? Oh, hey. What's that Irish guy's name? (laughs) Anywho. So... I think that too was really interesting thinking about this was an experience that was so personal. I'm like, I don't know. I'll get close with people mm-hmm. I care about, but trying to explain that time in my life to anyone else, I'm like, that was the most solitary, you know, like at 3am talking myself off the ledge, like no one else was there. Like yeah. I had a support system, people around, but the darkest moments, it's just yourself. Yeah. You know? And I think too, as someone who did grow up very, you know, like I was the most self-conscious kid and I still, I'm working hard to not care about what other people think of me. Like, you know, you don't just shed that every night, but I think now about some people and this, I think this is definitely like problematic thinking. I can acknowledge like, this isn't great, but it's the truth. I think sometimes about people who not even bully me, but just like offhanded comments or people who just said shit. And I think about what I went through. I'm like, I literally went to hell and back and like I brought myself back and I'm tougher than you will ever be and if you look at me again I will punch you in the face like just the opinions of other people because I'm just like yeah and it's because it's bad because my brain immediately goes like you'll never go through what I go through and it's like hey you don't know that that's an assumption they could absolutely have gone through what you went through you know I think a lot of people go like I remember like my parents will make fun of me to be Enzi or for how much of a raging bitch I was for like 90% 90% <laughs> of my... You were there. But literally, my parents took us out to brunch the other day and just told Virginia about how big of a bitch I was in, like, high school. High school Kate was a whole nother bag. I wasn't <laughs> there for it. I've heard stories. She sounds terrifying. I really was. But it was I'm, like, so scared of her. Like, I want to watch her from, like, a bush and see what she does, but, like, I don't want to interact with her at all. But, like, a lot of it came <laughs> from that feeling yeah. of, like... I felt like I had been through... Yeah. Both because circumstantially and also just with, like, the lot I was given with, like, my brain chemistry. Yeah. I feel like I had this experience of the world that nobody else understood, that everyone else had so easy, yeah. they were so simple, and if they wanted to make fun of me, it's because they didn't understand the plane in which I was living. Ah. You know, like, it's like, <laughs> I lived in that mode yeah. forever. Yeah. And I remember, like, it would make me, a lot of things filled me with rage, but, like, that was a big one of, yeah. like, that righteous anger. Yeah. That righteous is probably a good word. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, and it's obviously like many other people have felt similarly. You never know. Yes. And I think it's funny because we're sitting here in the same breath. I'm like, I hate when people assume certain things. And then I'm like, I assume no one else. But yeah, it's like a really interesting, I don't, I think I can step back and acknowledge that some parts of the thought process aren't great. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that feeling has been quite my therapist recently said, my therapist also agreed that she likes Rage Virginia because she said Rage Virginia, it's a quite clarifying state yes. of mind because yes. it is very easy to see the importance or non-importance of things. And so there mm-hmm. is a bit of a benefit to that. And so I think that Rage Virginia is very good at not caring about what other people think because yeah. it's like, hey, I did this thing and it really sucked. Yeah. And you're the first one to always say like, we could all die tomorrow, you know, because it's like, you literally did, you were like, 10 minutes from now, I could not be able to do this anymore. You know, you were in that place. You understand that feeling of like, yeah. very legitimately might not be a tomorrow. And like, I feel yeah. like you have internalized that in a way that's like, very genuine. Whereas a lot of people say that, but like, when you say it, I'm like, damn, 
That's coming from like Virginia's deepest soul. <laughs> it's true. It's weird. My perception on time is all funny. And it was interesting. So Kate also knows this person. We had a mutual friend in college who he dealt with a lot of similar things at a much younger age, like high school age. And so he told me once, you know, saying something about kind of coming into adulthood with the strange, mm. that as a teen, he never expected to get to the age that he got to, yes. you know, cause he had expected to kill himself yeah. and then kind of like, Oh, what do you do? And like, I never thought I would make it to 20, but here I am at, you know, 24 or something yeah. like, Oh my goodness. And so I experienced that stuff much later, but I think, yeah, and it's like a funny, and I think part of it too, sometimes I laugh at myself. So I'm like, oh, we're young. I feel like a lot of young people. You're like, oh, we have so much time. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know how much time we have. But yeah, it's just I'm like, oh my God, life is so long. I'm like, I don't need all that time. Like, shit. I'm, <laughs> it's like a weird, it's very interesting coming out of it. You know, like I'm much, I'm not, you like come out of it, but you also don't. You know, like my mm-hmm. brain, once you've seriously considered ending your life as an option, Something about that, like, stays with you. Something yeah. about that lingers in a way that... It's not necessarily good or bad, but... Okay, I probably shouldn't say it's even remotely good. But, well, you know, and, like, a, just a strange, like, an experience that I had. Where, like, yeah. I think when you're not in that place, it seems really inconceivable to think, like, things were that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, it's a trauma. Yeah. It's like getting other trauma. Where, like, it is going to stick with you. Because, yeah. like... I heard someone today, maybe it was like a BuzzFeed video or something. <laughs> Somebody described trauma as something that. This is. Kate watches a lot of like BuzzFeed I videos. So much YouTube. So that's guys. why I'm giggling. <laughs> so like, I come home from work. She knows about like all the BuzzFeed people's I do. lives. I'll be like, hey, so and so actually started dating Hannah Hart and now they're engaged. That's like a whole thing. Like, <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm roasting Kate and I'm giggling. <laughs> I watched a BuzzFeed video. No, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> but like someone was on there and it was like a psychologist yeah. talking about trauma yeah. and he described it as something that completely alters the way that you thought the world was ah ooh well see you're knocking my buzzfeed but I'm coming at buzzfeed come buzzfeed get us with the truth shit but like yeah when you think about trauma that way yeah it opens up a lot of like cause for me my whole thing like the way that you well, I don't know. I won't, like, put that on you, but, like, the way on. that I deal with, like, my PTSD is I never feel like I can lay claim to that because I'm like, well, other people had it worse than me. Or, like, I'm not a soldier. Or, like, okay, interesting, yeah. But then, like, when you think about, like, the baseline of what trauma is, yeah. Like, oh, fuck yes. Yeah, you interesting. Know? Yeah, I've never even considered that I have any kind of... Literally until this moment, I have never once thought about what I went through as trauma. I mean, and I don't want to, like, put that on you. No, it's just... It's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not, I mean, the quote-unquote healing process? Is that what you call it? Like, even though I'm on antidepressants, I still have, you know, those thoughts still come around. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's oh, yeah. not to be like, I'll never think about killing myself again. I'm like, nah, it's a pretty, like, it hangs out back there. Like, mm-hmm. it's in my back pocket in a weird way. And I think, too, for me, probably the biggest, probably the scariest part of the whole process was both... I never saw it coming in that, you know, as a, up until that point, and certainly now as well, like, I would have so, before I listed any other trait about myself, I would have called myself an optimist. Mm. And to then suddenly become so afraid and so mm. convinced that the world was such a bad place. Yeah. Kind of went against, you know, me being like, things work out and things are good, you know, and I was like, no, 
that Virginia was dumb. Like yeah. things are terrible, you know? And so I think that was what was so strange, you know, to be someone who's very optimistic and who was also very depressed. Yeah. And I think now, you know, I consider myself both of those things. I'm like, yes, I'm an optimist. Yes. And like, yes, I think about killing myself. Yeah. Like they're not, or that's what this is unrelated, but. <laughs> oh, so recently after the death of Anthony Bourdain, mm-hmm. you know, you find out everyone on the internet has a hot take about suicide, which yeah. is really fun when you've thought about suicide to find out what all your friends think. But I remember someone being like, oh, he had all this like money and wealth and fame and he had everything. And like, how could he still do that? I'm like, of course he can fucking still do that. I'm like, I'm the happiest person I know. And I still think about killing myself. Like Like a basic misunderstanding. And it was just so funny. I'm like, I like cry over like, like I bought new dish soap and I get really excited. I'm like, it (laughs) smells so good. I'm like, today's amazing. And then I'm like, eh, like, (laughs) you know, like it's not... Those are the least mutually exclusive things I've ever heard of in my life. And yeah. I get that that person, you know, I'm saying that obviously because this is my experience, but that just cracked me up. I was like, what the hell? Like, of course you can. Like, like you like lose track of the fact that other people <laughs> have no conception of like what you went through and yeah. stuff like that. And then you're like, yeah. Oh, oh, this is what I'm up against. Yeah. Okay. And I know I get really sassy, like, and I think, you know, I'm very, I was going to say fortunate. It's like, Obviously, I'm not happy about the fact that a lot of my friends have been through some serious shit, but, like, pretty much everyone I'm close with has mental illness, has Mm -hmm. something similar. It's very easy for us to talk about it. Pretty much everyone can kind of know where you're coming from. And so when you encounter someone who has no experience with this, it's always really odd because I immediately get, I think... I don't have much patience for that. And I try and get better about like, is it terrible that I immediately, this is awful. I assume they're in (laughs) denial. Honesty hour that like they have something and they just don't know. Yeah. Where I'm like, Uh, of course you have something. There have to be, I think you don't have to be like, Kate, I've heard of these people. They're called neurotypicals. They don't have anything wrong. (laughs) I don't know who they are. Yeah. And they like, what? Their dad, daddy, unironically. Okay. That's a whole separate. It's (laughs) That's a whole separate side of worms. It's so like, it's so like yeah, like we made it. We brought it there to the daddy punch. But yeah, like when I hear people who say things that like it's very clear that their experience in the world has been very limited to the point where they don't quite understand that level of suffering to use a seemingly dramatic word. <laughs> the I'm like a that's so unfair to you because you didn't get this whole range of human emotion that we now have access to. Interesting. But then B, I know you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if a single human being who's not like laying awake at night, like I think there I are shit that I happened know, when I was ten, like I think there are. Uh, I think there are people who just live their life. Do I just never talk to those people? I guess. I guess so. And I think among our age group, you know, I think our rates for all these things are even higher. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like a good example. And it was interesting. I was really sassy about this. And I talked to my mom and my mom kind of, as moms do, provided the reasonable perspective <laughs> where I had been seeing a guy, you know, just like a tender thing. And I made a joke about, I've got this group of friends that meets once a week and we call ourselves the sad girls because a lot of us have mental illnesses. Yeah. And it's kind of like a joke you know, we are very, you know, happy to be in each other's company, but it's just the nickname for the group. So I said something to him about the sad girls and he said, why are you called the sad girls? So I made, you know, it was certainly a joke about all of us being very mentally ill. And he looks at me and he goes, you're not mentally ill. 
And I knew I get totally, my mom was the one who kind of got me to realize like he may have just not known what to say, you know, cause what are you going to be like? Oh yeah, you're fucking crazy. You know, I get that. What kind of response to that is there? But I think I immediately was like, you know, a, we hadn't known each other very long. So I hadn't brought up any of my stuff. There just been no need. It was like a casual tender eating pizza and watching Lord of the Rings, you know, whatever. But you know, like that was such a funny moment. I was like, I am so much more mentally ill than I'm like, do you want me to list? I literally listed my diagnoses. I need two hands, you yeah. know, to number them all off. I was like, so I got this, 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 and then there's this, and then yeah. there's this whole element. And there's like a sidebar of this. And like sometimes on a Tuesday, I've got this, but like it depends on the level. You know, and his face was just like, cause again, kind of going back to like a lot of the things I have, you know, I'm very high functioning. Like you mm-hmm. wouldn't again, very optimistic. I'm always smiling. I'm always yeah. laughing. I'm always crying with happiness. Like, I would not be your typical candidate for depression. Yeah. Yet I am. You know, and so I think my mom was just saying, you know, like, hey, that may have just been someone who hasn't had many of those conversations and he didn't really know what to say. You know, and I immediately was like, how dare you think that I'm not mentally? I was like, I was steaming. I was like, I, and I think to me, it's like a weird defensive where, you know, and he didn't mean this again. This is one of the situations where it has everything to do with me and nothing to do with the actual (laughs) poor man who was just like trying to have a conversation. But it's like, I don't want, I'm like, I have done everything I have done while dealing with all of this. Don't you dare act like that wasn't a huge fucking like, challenge. Don't take this away from me. Yeah. It's like a weird, <laughs> you know, it's like a, like, yeah, I did my master's degree in a year. I graduated with honors. I got the highest grade on my dissertation you could possibly get. And every single day I wanted to end my life. Yeah. You know, but I did it. And it's like, yeah, yeah I did it. Can you imagine? I would have gotten great grades if I hadn't been wildly depressed. I know. But what do we have to talk about now? We wouldn't have podcasts, but... It's true. And so I think that, you know, that was an interesting... Because that was the first time in a long time I'd had dealt with someone who wasn't... I feel like that's always who... This is an interesting sidebar. It's always like men I'm casually dating who don't seem to have many mental health problems. I think that's... Have more to do with toxic masculinity and inability to access their emotions. That's all another thing, but that's like always who it's like random guys I met on Tinder and I have to explain like why I am the way I am. Meanwhile, my partner and I had this whole talk like I think like two days into dating, we were like we had this your trauma, wrecking, yeah, our trauma. <laughs> See, like, I'm down. I'm like, let's just fucking do it, man. Let's oh, just yeah. get it out. But like, all these men are wild. Yeah, man. like literally, like he just like came over and we just like talked about our trauma for. This like, sounds hot. I'm all about <laughs> you. Talk about your trauma, make out. And like we were like, if we you had want, this thing where like you can like look at other people and within like a few minutes of talking to them, know like, oh, you've been through shit or not. And like, I remember you telling me that, just kind yeah. of that. And it is, and I don't, I do think on, in my experience, on the whole, it tends to make people more empathetic. Yeah, I think so too. And genuinely less of dicks, and maybe that's the reason I gravitate towards people in my life who are in similar boats of just like, yeah, you've seen some shit, Mm -hmm. you know? And it sucks, because you don't want anyone you love, you don't want anyone in the world to have seen some of the horrible shit that people have seen, you know? And there's a lot of, you know, and too, if it's not, you know. Another disclaimer to go along with the trigger warning of just like, too in so many ways like I've had difficult things in my life sure but an also incredibly privileged life where I've been protected from so many of the worst things in the world you know or just the incredible privilege that I got home and immediately had the financial resources you know like go to a therapist like how much does my psychiatrist cost like what 200 something bucks a session you know all that stuff that 
you know, there are a lot of people with mental illnesses. That's not accessible, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's a whole nother bag, but yeah, I think, I feel like we are, <laughs> this is broad strokes. We're getting quoted on this. This will go bad, but like, mentally ill folks seem to be like nicer in a way <laughs> like <laughs> we seem to understand something about caring for other people that i don't know man i mean yeah you I know just, like and i don't know i may just be biased because it's all my friends you know like obviously yeah, i love I my friends it. i don't but i do think they're good friends they just think, all happen to be mentally ill folks yeah. like <laughs> i do think you're right though that there is like a certain amount of empathy that comes along with you know it's a Two sided things. I also know the things that make me the most difficult to be around uh, are also yeah. things with mental illness. Like, yeah, for sure. So like, I know it's both. For sure. But. And I know, to be fair, I've known some mentally ill people who are dicks. Like, yeah. Like, does not mean you're an amazing person. Like, you still need to be responsible for your shit. Because <laughs> I know some people ain't responsible for their shit. Like, you can still be out here being an asshole. It's not a pass to. You don't get to do whatever the fuck you want because you have mental illness. <laughs> Go to therapy. Work yeah. on yourself. I think main note, <laughs> go to therapy. If you can, go to therapy. Please explore resources. Yes. What's that thing that people are using? The kids? There's like a bunch of online, you know, you can like match to therapists and do oh, like, yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of resources tender. if you live places where you don't have, you know, maybe if you live in a small town or just somewhere where you don't have access to yeah. like a lot of different options. You know, like I was in Atlanta, like there are bajillion therapists, like, you I know. Even, like I grew up in a not- tiny town but like i used to run into my therapist at the grocery store yeah like that might not be ideal for some people yeah so like yeah or just depending if you've dealing with specific things and you want someone Mm -hmm. who can you know therapists have specialties you know if you live somewhere where you're like hey i'm in recovery from an ed but no one does that you know they're cool i'm not being a good resource for the resources but there are things (laughs) i heard the children have done them i don't know chances are if you are seeing this podcast you're probably more tech savvy it's also thing i'm a huge technophobe i don't know what's happening (laughs) i'm leaning closer to the mic and yelling for emphasis (laughs) i don't know but yeah i think like yeah man that Hmm? that was like crazy and that's like it's such an interesting thing that we're talking about too that like kate was like a witness to all of this (laughs) like she's been she's seen all this like you met virginia before she even I mean, freshman me never considered in a billion years I had you any were of this. Still on Weight Watchers, right? I was still on Weight Watchers. Like that shit. I remember as college, I was still, because I was terrified. I started, I was starting to gain back that weight. Y'all know how it goes. Because guess what? Here's a fun fact for you diets don't work. <laughs> you will literally gain the weight back. Don't go on one. But oh yeah, I'd come home from class, log my points in. Mm hmm. I remember eating lunch with you in the cafeteria freshman year. I was like, sobbing. <laughs> Essentially. You were like, how your point? And then I remember like. Because I couldn't eat shit. Like. And then like two years later, flash to us putting on parkas so that we could go to cookout so that we could get the food that we needed to sit in the hallway of our dorm room. Yeah. Surrounded by trash. trash. Yeah. Literal trash, yeah. guys. We don't mean that metaphorically. No, we had I'm trash not. taped to the walls. We did. We used to tape Which is gross. We're very clean people. Why don't we do that? No, <laughs> We used to tape I'm amazed them. I let that stand. Like, I feel like that should drive me crazy. But I don't know. It was something about where we were in our lives that it made sense. <laughs> but it's not to say that the image of you sitting proudly on the floor of our Proudly! <laughs> with your... Shoving quesadillas in my face. Yes. It is a moment of true all, pride for me. 
or Kate and I, you know, maybe just as like a sidebar on bodies. Like, so our senior year of college, we still lived together and we had two classes. Like, I think Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we had two classes that we took together and there was like a lunch break in the mm. middle. So we'd go to class, have our lunch break, go to another class. So every Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, we'd like bring our lunches <laughs> and we would inevitably sit down and eat them and we'd look at them and they were always really sad. You know, it was like a moldy banana and like whatever. <laughs> we'd look at each other and then we'd be like, yo, we got enough time to go to McDonald's. And we'd go and we'd eat Big Macs and it was great. This is the same time period where I was like, oh, was this when I was a health and wellness major? I think at this point you've gotten out of that. Okay. That was pretty, Kate, the best part was Kate was a health and wellness major. And Kate had this like Toyota Corolla <laughs> covered with like slow food bumper stickers. But if you looked in the car, it was literally full of cookout trash. My car was at a drive through more than it was <laughs> anywhere else. And I would just have this I forgot about the sticker. slow food bumper sticker on oh, the car. It's just full of cookout trash. I was like, radically against wellness even then. I just didn't know it. <laughs> I remember once I came in and I like Kate was on the couch. It was our senior year, and I was saying something about like I go through phases where eating anything's just really tough. And Kate was like, I don't know, like go to Krispy Kreme and get a dozen donuts. And I was like, shit, that's a pretty good idea. Like, and this was my like, <laughs> and I've talked to you about this so many times before. Where like my strategy when I knew that you weren't eating in college, yeah. was to just probably. I went full Southern. Like, I was just like, I'm going to overfeed Virginia. Just eat some mayonnaise on this piece of bread. Essentially. And, like, I remember... <laughs> some Duke's like, mayonnaise on <laughs> some white bread. Just eat it. Like, I was just like... Uh, you were like, I could tell that you weren't eating. And then I would be like, all right, bitch. And then I'd just, like, roll... Right, I'd, like, roll up to your, like, dorm room and be like, hey, do you want to... Do you want to go to Taco Bell? And I knew you couldn't say No. And then we would Person. go to Taco Bell and you would finally eat something. I would eat something. Which I don't know is the correct way to deal with a friend with an eating disorder, but it's... I mean, we're all figuring way. it out as we go. And yeah. I think the donut thing, like, it did. I mean, that worked and essentially because it was such, like, a funny, absurd answer that it yeah. kind of made you realize how absurd the situation was of, like, dude, just eat something. Like, it's just about you need to eat to live. Mm-hmm. This is not, you know... I tend to put a lot of weight on, like, the next thing I eat is going to determine everything. Like, no, yeah. it's not. Like, how many times do you eat during a day? A bajillion. Like, it's yeah. all fine. But so that would always kind of snap me out in, like, a positive way. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of a silly suggestion because it's a silly fucking problem. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's not a silly problem. But it's like, not. I, but you know what I'm saying? I, like, I, just I, realizing you get so wrapped up in your head and yes. those thoughts and, like. The obsessive circular thinking. And yeah, like, what I'm is it? What is my therapist? There's, like, a word for it. When you're having those kind of intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. and you have to kind of like stop them. There's like a, there's a word for it essentially, but that's kind of what that did. You know, not that we knew at the time Kate was just like, I don't know, go eat donuts, but yeah, that kind of thought process, but yeah. How do we get back on the food stuff? I don't, I don't know. Remember. I feel like we should I think back. I said that you, hmm. we have been friends for a long time and you've been through all of this. It's true. <laughs> All right, I feel like it's about time to wrap up. Yay! Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to touch on? I mean, I'll try and keep it short, but I would just say to anyone listening, um, just a few tips from someone who's been there. A, medication, if it is helpful for you and if you need it, is great. 
do not let anyone make you feel like trash for taking it. Some people are very shitty. You've seen those posts on the internet. They're like, all you need to cure depression is running shoes. That's a lie. Don't listen to those people. Get your meds. It's okay. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I don't know who's listening. So you got to keep the advice general. It seems dumb to just be like, get what help you need. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd just be my point that I'm very lucky and that for whatever reason, I have never felt shame about being mentally ill. Mm-hmm. I somehow escaped that and I'm very lucky in that. But it's like, yeah, man, there's nothing. Don't ever feel lesser than for it. If you know, I don't see easier said than done, but, and it does. I mean, seriously, y'all, if you are again, blanket advice doesn't work well for everyone, but if you are thinking about suicide, if you're thinking about that, I know it is literally the worst thing because I hated doing it, but I am begging y'all like it, it gets better. It really does. Like, please get help in whatever way you can. Like, I know that's so much easier said than done because I didn't want to get help. I don't want to tell anybody, but it is the thing to do. And you can get meds and antidepressants are life changing. Like, yes, everyone get on Prozac, but that would just be my two cents from someone who has been there and who has seen her life get much better. Mm -hmm. And who lived through a lot of moments that she thought life will always be like this. It's not always going to be like this. You know, it really does change and, you want to stay here. Trust me. We need you here. Please take care of yourselves all. Also, <laughs> In whatever way, you know, don't be a dick. <laughs> like on my end, I think like we like. Such great. Wow. We're basically middle of birth. Right. But like on my end, like I think, you know, especially since like we've been talking about suicide so much lately because it seems rampant. But like there's always that thing of. Oh, reach out to somebody. Be sure to reach oh, out to somebody. Oh, such, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like... Check you, on your strong friend. Like, oh. Yeah. But also, like, if you have someone in your life that you haven't heard dick from in a while, and that's weird, yes, go try to at least reach out and see if you can do anything for them. Because I know, like, on my end, like, being able to even just be like, I want to be, even if we're not even talking about it, yeah. just, like, a lifeline for you yeah. in some way where you just know, like... Even if I seem a million miles away, there's at least somebody who's kind of got one eye on me. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any difference for you, but I know it's made a difference for me in the past. For sure, yeah. And I think, too, just... And I think I learned a lot about this with you of just, like, in any kind of relationship, friendship, romantic, bone friends, whatever, like... It seems really obvious, but I don't think we, as culture, do a great job of this, like, kind of being really explicit about how the people in your life can support you and Mm -hmm. what you need and just being like, Hey, I am really struggling. It would mean everything to me. If you could check in with me once Mm -hmm. a week at this time, you know, or just like, Hey, this is what you can do Mm -hmm. because the people who care about you, they'll do it. And sometimes, you know, like being proactive about that kind of stuff and just setting like, okay, this is how, cause we all know, you know, like you and I are a good example of like, what one person needs, another person doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. or vice versa. Like we don't always need the same things, you know, all sorts of stuff is going on. And I think it gets a lot harder to talk about that stuff when you're in the moment of like, I feel terrible because you do, you feel like a burden. You want to tell anyone, you know, 
And so kind of having some of those conversations when you're both in like a good place and being like, what do we do when we're in a bad place? You know, like, how do I know, you know, okay, how do I help take care of this friend? And so, you know, that's going to look super different for every relationship, but yeah, this is big stuff. Or I read some adorable, like this was heartwarming and pure of like some couple and they both have a lot of anxiety issues. And so they came up with like this whole system of kind of code words that, you know, kind of meant like, you know, one would maybe mean like, Hey, okay, I need some alone time right now. You know, just all these kind of ways they could signal. And then later when they were feeling better, they could come back together and talk about it, but just a way of, and that was kind of specific because they lived together, but it's like, yeah, just yeah. Let the people, you know, obviously if someone's like a bad friend, it's like a weird two way street of like, Yes, you're allowed to ask for things from friends, but also if you know of ways that people can help you, tell them how to help you. Yeah. Because I'm very bad at that. Yeah. And that is not good. And it's blown back on me, you know? So it's like, yeah, if you know what it is, tell people. Mm-hmm. Let them help you, you know? Yeah. For sure. Faux show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank also, you we're not that. mental health professionals. So no. Don't take anything we said. But there will be a disclaimer at the beginning. This like, is not... No, but in our experiences, and our experiences have been very we just, different. We've seen some things. We're yeah. two girls on a floor trying to make sense of it all. What's oh. that dumb? I'm just like a girl in front of a boy. Is that yeah. Notting Hill? Whatever that yeah. shit is. But like the thing is. We're just like, girls on a floor. Like the whole point of this <laughs> is not to be like, this is what you do to get through mental health. It's no. It's like through your mental illnesses. The point is to be like, hey, someone else went through something. You're not alone. Yes. Yes. And like, I have, we don't talk about these things very much and just being able to be like, even if you feel alone, even if you're like, I don't have that friend that I can tell yeah. what to do because I don't have that person in my life. Like, yeah. if at the very least we are two disembodied voices in your head, like, we give a shit. Yeah. And we understand. Yeah. And, and I will fight. Yeah. If someone's getting all weird to you about meds or whatever, call me. I'll come fight them. Yeah. I hate that. It's my... <laughs> I'm like mad about it. <laughs> I don't, I don't have to know you to come fight your enemies for you. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully someone, I'll talk about this all day in the hopes that, yeah. Use what we have experienced to leverage the comfort of someone else. Yeah. Because I know I have benefited greatly from the people before me who mm-hmm. have been open about all this stuff. I'd never be where I am without that. So yeah. Cool. Cool. Thank you. You're so welcome. My first guest. I'm terrified to listen to this. Oh, it's fine. It'll be... <laughs> Plot twist. We didn't plus record. Oh, my Whoa. God. No, we should be fine. We should be fine. If you're listening to this, we did it. We did it. <laughs> Woo! It's a high five noise. God, All right. I must have something inappropriate. Caught it. Yes. <laughs> Caught it. Well, on that note, I will see you all next month. And um, thanks for I'll be back you. next month because I'm always here now. I'm just kidding. I'm just a guest. No, yes, yes. yes <laughs> Plot twist. I just sit in on every future podcast. And it's just like, why is she still here? She was a guest. Like, but, hey. Uh, so I do want to plug you that you oh. are accepting clients. I am. If you, I mean, genuinely, there's no aspect of fashion I can't make some happen with. But you can read all about it. I've got a website. I list a lot more of the formal introduction of my services but yeah essentially if there's anything that's making getting dressed tough for you come find me because mm-hmm. i can help you she helped me and 
Kate didn't need a ton of help, but I, I, I stood there. I and literally just needed you to stand there while I I know, that's what you needed. Said, I, I needed her yes. to, I needed, she needed me to just be like, we're doing this right now. Yes. And then we did it right now. So I was like, I, all my clothes made me hate myself. And you were just like, get rid of it. I was like, okay. That was literally it. It was your magic. <laughs> <laughs> I have good testimonials though from yes. other people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, and uh, you're so welcome. Thanks for listening. I'm so honored to be guest one. Yeah. All your fans, thousands of listeners yes. across the world, <laughs> Kate. All right, we'll see you next time.